You think you've got issues? Hi, I'm Dr. Laurie Appel. Welcome to my podcast, where we will be talking about a variety of mental health issues, because, you know, we've all got issues. So in today's podcast, I want to start with a story. A few years ago, my husband and I decided to run together in the morning. Typically, I had been running outside and he would run at the gym. I was always looking for new untrafficked trails, and I had found this really nice running route that ended at a lovely lake before turning around and coming back. I told him about it, and he wanted to see it. So he went with me one morning, and he loved it. We decided to start running together. At first, it was very sweet. We would run in harmony, me speeding up a little to meet his pace, and him slowing down a little to meet mine. We would get to the lake, stop for a kiss and a sip of water, and then head back home, where I would mix us each a cup of chocolate milk, which is a good post-run drink. Now, let's fast forward to a few weeks later. By this time, he was getting annoyed at my slow pace while I was frustrated with his coming up on my heels and also how long it took him to warm up before getting to the running part. He was irritated with how close I ran to the street and passing cars, and I was sick and tired of the chocolate milk. Ultimately, we decided it was better for me to run on my own and him to head back to the gym. And this was fine for us having plenty of other things that we can and do enjoy doing together. But the reason that I'm telling this story is because I think it exemplifies how many relationships evolve or devolve over time. At first, we accommodate each other, making small changes to please our partners. We do things together that feel new and exciting, and little habits that we establish feel comfy and cozy. However, as relationships progress, we start to find ourselves irritated at having to accommodate our partner. We stop doing new things, and the habits that once felt cozy may begin to feel boring or constricting. So today, I want to talk about how to avoid this and how to keep a relationship strong by focusing on three things. The art of accommodating just enough, the three key elements I think exist in a successful relationship, and also how to keep what I call your relationship bank account in the black. You know, many years ago, the expectations of relationships were very different. Marriage, in fact, was more of a business relationship between two people who needed each other, like women needed a provider and protector, and men needed children bearers. If love was part of the equation, this was just icing on the cake. Today, we expect our partners to be our lovers and our best friends, to have the same interests and lifestyles, and to have the same values and worldview. Years ago, we just tried to get along, and we assumed our socially accepted roles. Today, we try to make an effort to accommodate each other, much like my speeding up my pace a little and my husband slowing down his. And this is a good thing. It's how we merge and adapt from being individuals to being a couple. But there is a limit to how much we should accommodate. In relationships, we have to be able to accommodate without losing ourselves. When we over-accommodate our partner, we start to feel angry, resentful, depleted, and depressed. A friend once told me that her grandmother gave her this advice when she got married. Start out as you can hold out. In your attempt to please your partner, don't do things that you will end up resenting them for down the line. Think about whether you will still want to be doing those things 10 or 20 years down the line. And if you won't, 
then speak up early on and expect your partner to accommodate you a little as well. Because 20 years from now, when you decide you've had enough of being Mr. or Ms. Nice Person and want to change the contract of your relationship, it's not going to go over well. All right, on to my next point, the fundamental elements of a good relationship. Because the reality is that no matter how effectively we accommodate each other, we are still going to have differences. Couples are naturally going to have differences in terms of things like how they like to spend their time, how they parent, how they spend their money. And it would be impossible to find someone who is just like you in all of those areas. But I do think that there are some necessary elements for all relationships to work and to be able to weather the storm of these differences. These three things are kindness, respect, and affection. I'm leaving out attraction because I'm assuming that without a physical attraction, the relationship would not have gone much beyond the first date. All right, so the first thing, kindness. This is necessary because it is the basis for the thoughtful acts and efforts that we make to please the other person. Without kindness, people feel taken for granted and undervalued. After all, would we really be friends with someone who was unkind to us? Of course not. Kind acts are the way in which we show someone that we care about them, that we're thinking of them, and that we want them to be happy. Respect is also a necessary part of the foundation. Without it, we would not value the other person's opinion, and this would make it really difficult to have balanced discussions and to find compromises. It would also lead to power imbalances in the relationship, where one partner kind of bullies the other person who ends up feeling disrespected and resentful. And people who feel disrespected often act out in very passive-aggressive ways, which ends up leading to further conflicts. Finally, affection is key because affection is what will help a couple recover and get back to being friends even after a conflict. As I've said in previous podcasts, all couples have conflicts and disagreements. However, if we have affection for one another, we are able to let things go. It's hard to hold a grudge against someone for whom we feel great affection. If we treat each other with kindness, if we have respect for the other person, and if we maintain affection, many of our differences can be resolved, whether it's how to spend money or how to divide up household responsibilities. If we treat each other kindly and with respect, we can work out these issues. And if we have some periodic arguments about these things, affection will lead us back to each other. All right, now let's talk about keeping our relationship bank account in the black. I like to think of relationships as bank accounts. The good times are like deposits in the bank. The fights and problems are like withdrawals. Every relationship has both deposits and withdrawals. If a relationship has a surplus, it can afford the occasional minor withdrawal, say a small disagreement, or even even the infrequent major withdrawal, a major blowout fight. However, if the fights are frequent and the good times rare, couples can end up in a debit situation. Then it becomes hard to get back to a zero balance, much less in the black. At this point, all the date nights and efforts to please each other may not be able to get you back in the black. And how does this debit situation occur? Usually when we start out as couples, we spend time making deposits, sharing our thoughts, our dreams, our experiences, envisioning a future together, building physical and emotional intimacies, and doing fun things together. 
But over time, the responsibilities of home ownership, kids, jobs, and other realities of life can limit the amount of time we have to build up the savings, and the balance gets lower and lower. Meanwhile, the major and minor arguments that occur in every relationship, regardless of stresses, also push the balance down. And as in actual financial situations, it's much easier to get out of debt if there isn't too much debt to begin with. When couples begin to feel tense or unhappy in a relationship, that balance is getting very low. Unfortunately, as a couple, we then do the kinds of things that create even more withdrawals. We distance ourselves and we avoid each other and we argue more over petty things. That's why it's so important to make time for fun in our relationships and to resolve our arguments right away. We also need to learn to let the minor things go and to recover quickly. Some arguments are just not worth lingering over, and it's important to just get back to being friends. It's also important to seek therapy earlier rather than later. When there is still a small balance, it's much easier for me to convince a couple to add to their savings with pleasure-enhancing experiences and better communication. However, once a couple is in severe debt, there's a lot less willingness to make deposits. And because there's so much debt in the form of constant tension, even the attempts to make those deposits may end up in arguments and further debt. All right, so to sum up, start out as you can hold out. Accommodate, but don't give up who you are or what you need. Also, make sure that you and your partner exhibit kindness, respect, and affection toward one another. And finally, make sure that your relationship bank account is in the black by taking the time to make deposits of good experiences and by resolving conflicts early so that withdrawals don't add up, depleting your relationship account. These ways you can keep a relationship healthy. So thanks for listening today. I'm Dr. Laurie, and I'll see you next podcast. Dr. Laurie Appel is a licensed psychologist in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Her license and practice information is available on her website, lauriepelpsyd.com. All information provided on Dr. Laurie's podcast is solely for educational and informational purposes and is not meant to serve as psychological counseling. If you have personal issues you would like to explore, please contact a licensed mental health professional in your state.